Right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo, the vet of the group. It's your boy Dwight at 5172214. Joined again as I am every week with the brains of the operation, Miss Dr. SJ, PhD, at SJ Basketball 8. Yo, SJ, how, how you feeling this kind of jury? It's kind of jury here in Texas today. How you feeling today? Yeah, I mean, it's pitch black here in New York as it has been since, you know, the time change. So it's, you know, cold and dark here by now. And, um, yeah, I'm doing, I guess, okay. It's, it's the, you know, last stretch of the semester. So I'm trying to, you know, prioritize. You You got a week left? uh two. Oh, two. okay yeah yeah i think my uh my sons and my wife they only got next week left and then they they got their two-week break so no i got the extra week ah uh, i gotcha and most people finish next week but i i see you next week they got y'all grinded out i can dig it well this uh i'm not gonna hold y'all more people gonna listen to this because the Mavs went a little bit we done won like four out of five, so listenership should be up. And uh, I'm not gonna hold you as we gonna get to later on. I got a little bit of, I've been I done hit a, took a hit of the hopium, and I actually think even if the team continues to be mid, and we'll we'll go into detail. I think I have an idea of a concept. I want to bounce off SJ to see if I'm crazy. But I, don't, I think the Mavs have a pretty decent chance of building something the right way, even if Nico isn't a great GM. So we'll get on that. Um, first thing we want to touch on, I guess, from around the NBA, um, I don't want to say it because I don't think it's my place to say it, but my, my homie is, has referred to herself as a messy B before. And we're going to talk about some mess real quick. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't going to hold you. I like messing the NBA. And I said, we got a little bit of spice. We got a little bit of, you know, on the court, off the court drama in Atlanta. So what was this? Was this Tuesday or Wednesday? Anyway, a couple days this week, couple earlier this week, you know, the athletic article dropped, which I swear to goodness, the athletic or whoever the Atlanta Hawks, beat writer is that covers for the athletic they don't have one anymore they don't got one so no. what so they, how does the athletic just keep having to plug like because they I always mean, get the juice before everybody else it didn't look like it was super under wraps though because okay. fucking hawks fan tv got it first if it was, uh, that's where i saw it first so if no, no okay. disrespect but if they have it you know i don't think it's, <laughs> it's super <laughs> you know, tied up. The Atlanta, so, I got you. I'll follow my man. So I went. I, I saw. I saw it before before the athletic article dropped. I saw it, and then I got you. That's I like saw his tweet. Actually, I saw Bias's tweet first. Biased, um, slightly. They mm. said, "Did I miss a potential like trade blow up with his coach?" So I commented. I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Basically, I put the eyes yeah. on you, and then that's when um he sent me the tweet the Hawks fan mm. TV tweet. So that's when I saw it. And at the time, it didn't really have much traction. People were kind of like, um, you know, Hawks fans were like, oh my God, you know, jumping on it. But I just said, okay, 
you know, I took the source into, you know, with a grain of salt, but I was like, okay, that's something. And then the article dropped it, and that's when I was like, okay, like, it's, you know, it was true. It's something. Interesting. So, basically, there was, for anyone that doesn't know, there's been some type of, I guess, disagreement. Shay, Shay, Trey had a sprained shoulder. And, um, you know, he, I guess there was some debate. He, you know, his coach wanted him to play, but if he's going to play, you want him to come to shoot around. And Trey says, you know, well, my shoulder's messed up. Let me, you know, practice, get some shots up. And depending on how I feel, that'll determine if I'm on playing the game. And I guess it turned into, hey, man, if you're not going to participate in shoot around, just don't worry about it at all. Either you can come off the bench if you're not going to participate in shoot around or just don't show up to the game. Trey didn't show up to the game at all. Apparently, there was a misunderstanding. You know, I'm, I'm probably butchering the story, but the bottom line is Trey and his coach got beef. Um, it, You know, I've read a couple different articles about it, a couple different sourced reports, and apparently this is a thing that has been brewing for a while. I want to say this, tell me if I'm wrong, is it, I guess they started having smoke a little bit last year, wasn't it? Um, Nate, Nate and Trey like that's where it first started or am I crazy I make that maybe, up in my I head. mean Trey has had so many issues with so many coaches um I and I'm saying so many like it's just two like the, the two senses um you know now and Lloyd Pierce obviously but I think so I mean last year they were losing so like you know yeah. when you're losing you don't take stock you know much stock into arguments and stuff because things are tense you know what I mean but this year, that's why the, the drama is so intriguing to me is because, they're, it's I mean, now they've been on a little bit of a rough patch, but they're winning. They're a winning team, <laughs> you know, yeah, right now. They're they not, they are, record. When this beef happened, I think it was like the fourth or fifth seed. Exactly, exactly. They haven't really, I mean, they've dropped now. Like I said, they've, you know, been in a little bit of a rough patch, but they were always around, yeah, the four, four three, four, five seed, like, so to have these issues become coming up when you're, you know, you're winning, it's interesting. But I mean, for Trey, I mean, I, I feel like I cut you off, though. You just asked me a question. So, you know, you can continue on with your point before I jump in. Gosh, I totally forgot what question I asked. You asked about I've... something came up with Trey last year. And okay, then... yeah, with Trey last year. And like, I, I didn't know if this was some new... I feel like Nate McMillan, like Nate McMillan ain't really a player's coach like that. So that was always interesting to me that he was the guy to follow up Lloyd Pierce and take his job. That always, like, he's not uh, usually the new coach is the opposite of the old coach. And that's not really him at all. So that was always kind of interesting to me, but they took off and then they made that Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals run. And you know, they, they had a down season last year, but they didn't, they never really, they don't stink. They don't stink this year. And, um, I was, you know, I've seen a couple, I've heard on a couple of pods that I think one of the reporters said, if you poll the locker room, most of the locker room is rolling with Nate as opposed to Trey. Did you read that? Did you hear that as well? Cause that feels crazy to me. I okay what I saw with that I I saw a lot of the fans like um 
talking about how you know the the messages you know post game post that game that trade and show up like between Dejounte and you know other people it sounded pro um like Nate or at least pro you know Trey was being a bad leader um like that argument so I just think um it's it's just interesting to think about when you're thinking about the size that players are taking because usually players take player side um usually like that's when things like that come up and I'm not saying they were trashing Trey obviously because I remember vividly they asked Dejounte about um you know his thoughts or did he see anything he was you know, quick to be like, I didn't see anything, I don't know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. so, it's not like they're trying to, you know, pull a narrative one way in the, in the, you know, to the media, but I, I just think Trey, with the, that situation, first of all, I think both sides were wrong in Nate and Trey, like, Nate was trying to do too much, and Trey did too little, like, someone's, you know, as, as a, player as the best player on the team you and your coach can't have a disagreement like that and you just don't show up like you're like okay bet you jump at the opportunity he says oh come off the bench or don't show up he just what i even if he wanted to make a statement he could have still came to the game but not play mm-hmm. you know not check in or like you know tell nate okay nate i won't play but you know i'll still be there on the bench you know what i mean at the very least and especially that way you can spin it as um shoulder because he was out because of you know shoulder soreness so that way you're still on the bench you know what i mean and if and it wouldn't be a thing even if you had that private disagreement it wouldn't be a thing because um or at least a huge thing in the media because you were there the fact that you weren't even there you know didn't show up that's what makes the story you know juicier than it probably is um but people are saying that it's more there's more to the story you know zach Lowe, um in his pod he was talking about how yeah, it, it's a little worse than just, ah, just a disagreement, all that. Mm, so, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what Zach said. So it's, it's it, you know, goes a little deeper than that. And now you're looking at it as, okay, second coach that Trey has had issues with. And then you can't even fully put that on Trey because Boyd Pierce, you know, he wasn't a great coach. It's not like. He, he stuck. He, he exactly. And then Nate. Nate has his Nate is an okay like a very average coach, but Nate has his clear limitations that anyone can point out. Like, you know, his old style, you know, old school off. Limitations. Um, so I'm not trying to shoot, you know, Trey Bale, but um I want to see him in a situation where you you can say, Okay, this is a good coach, you know, on average, so whatever issues um, if it comes up again, then you can say, okay, maybe it's Trey, but, um, it's, it's interesting if you're doing this while winning, I can't imagine if they really go through a, I mean, right now they're losing a little bit, but a real rough patch, they might not survive it because I, I read another piece, you know, cause one thing that's being hidden in all this, even though we can see it, Trey has been kind of bad <laughs> to start the season. He forgot how to shoot exactly just very inefficient like very inefficient and that was one thing last year i thought he was ex- like really turning the corner he was really efficient last year um and it wasn't just threes like he his field goal percentage like obviously he could shoot free throws extremely efficient from there always has been but his field goal percentage was like up there for a small guard you know especially one with straight that you know stature who's not like athletic like Josh, so he's like dunking and all that but 
his sweater was on, and he was playing really well, so I thought he was turning a corner, and, um, I mean, you could talk about why he's not shooting well, I mean, I, you know, there's always, I read something, and it was like, you know, he's adjusting to having another backcourt mate that has to have, you know, high usage as well, so, you know, Trey is used to having the ball in his hands, so he's going to lose his rhythm if, if DeJounte's taking his touches, so honestly, I think that could be, you know, part of it, so DeJounte's out for, like, what, two weeks now? I Let's just say watch Trey, let's just watch Trey in these two weeks, if his efficiency shoots back up, then, I don't know, could be a good, you know, case for that theory. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And I'm kind of going to keep an eye on them. Just because, you know, I think, I don't think the Mavs going to be able to get in on it. But I don't know. You know, the, the report I read, it sounds like if they do go, like, the, the ownership is low-key taking the coach's side. And that's how crazy to me because we're talking about Atlanta and I think Trey Young got his problems, but like Nate McMillan ain't somebody you be taking they side over a superstar, flaws and all. You you pack him up and then you figure it out, but who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting. Some of them keep my eye out on. Um, you know, Touching back on last week's episode, there's a team I thought would be good that, you know, they haven't been good. And then Cat got hurt and they still, and I, so I was like, okay, well, maybe Minnesota will get it together with uh, with Cat being out and Rudy can just go be used, play how he used to play. And now they, they still mid too. So it's going to be interesting to keep, it on, keep an eye on it. Maybe those teams just never figure it out. Maybe those teams do. Um, I don't know. I, I think my big takeaway, and I guess I can use that to segue into the Mavs, is with us winning a little bit, I think we've won four out of five, one, two straight. Actually beat some decent teams. They was without starters, but they've been out starters for a long time and they still was beating teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the W's. As I look around the league, you know, and as I look uh, at the situation the Mavs are in, and this is a conversation we haven't really seeded before. I haven't, I mean, you haven't done any pre-work on this yet. So I'm legitimately asking you this to get your thoughts, not just for the pod, but I'm truly curious to hear what you think. I've been looking at the West right now. I think all these teams are kind of mid. And it's kind of maybe it's disingenuous to say all the teams are mid. I just think there's a lot of parity. And I did not think it was going to be like that in the off season. I thought the teams in the West had got really, really good. And that was one of my concerns for the Mavs was at, at best we might have treaded water while the teams in the West got better. But I don't know that that's the case for some teams. That's not true for other teams. But the bottom line is, as bad and depressed as we had been this whole year, we we won a couple little games. We got a little stretch, and I think we like three and a half out the number one seed. I don't even know if it's three. I don't even know if it's three and a half. It might three. be three. three. Yeah. yeah. So three games back at the number one seed, and in my opinion, this was one of the worst starts we could have had 
from a wins and losses perspective, right? So I, I think I, I think this is just how it's going to be. I don't think any team in the West is going to run away from us. That's something I've been keeping my eye on. Uh, when everyone was freaking out last year, one of the reasons why I was always kind of like, yeah, y'all need to chill is because even when we were like 14 and 18 or whatever the low water mark was last year, it was like, I don't know, two, three games from home court. And you know what? That's a thing again this year. So I think that just might be the way the game is now. And from as you take like a big picture look at like the league and who's won the championship, I think you when we talk, me and you, one thing I think we look at when it comes to how we want the Mavs to be built, we look at templates, right? We go look at teams that have won a championship and we say, how can the Mavs be like the teams that actually won it? Not they competed, not they had a shot, but who won it? So as I'm, and also you can look at history, but in my opinion, more recent history is more, it's a better indicator than like even 10 years ago. Has what I said sound crazy? Am I totally off base? No, no. Okay. The only thing I disagree, I mean, I'll get into it after you, you know, wrap up your question, but there's one thing from all the things you've said that I disagree with. But continue. Oh, okay. So I'm just looking at the last, I don't know, recent history. So we'll start with the bubble, the bubble chip. Um, I low-key think that that Raptors team that won the championship, because Kawhi left, I think that team is underrated. Like from a historical standpoint, that was a really good team. Like that team would give anybody hell. Like that team was not a bad champion. I know KD got hurt, but that team was really good. Like re- just look at who was on that team. Look who the seventh, eighth, ninth man was on that team. Them dudes is like starters, right? So I think that was a really good team. But after that, you look at the Bubble Lakers, you look at the Bucks, and I actually think because last year's Warriors team, from a historic standpoint, I don't think they're that good either. I just think they have the pedigree because they were the Warriors. But if you just look at that individual year, that was low-key kind of a backpack job by Steph Curry if, we, if we're keeping it tall. Like, they're a good team. They're the champs. Obviously, they packed us up, but within the context of historical performance, I don't think that team was that great. And the way the league is looking this year, there's no, like, dominant team where you just be like, oh, man, they just killing the league, except Boston. If Boston wins the championship, I do think they're going to have by far the best regular season record in the NBA. I actually even think they run away from Milwaukee. I think they only two, three games up on Milwaukee right now. But I think that that gap is gonna gonna widen a little bit. If they go ahead and like win the championship, it will kind of, you know, throw some dirt on my theory. But let's say they just win fifty-seven games and they don't win it, right? Someone just beats them. My theory is that I don't know if you need like this dynastic super team to win a championship no more. Within the context of how you build the Dallas Mavericks. 
Um, I'm just looking back at last year, and I know some people think last year was a fluke. I don't really think so. And this is something you said that I kind of agree with, but I probably wasn't as passionate as you were, is where you were like, the role players we have on this team kind of fit Luca perfectly, if that makes sense, for what their value is and what their acquisition is, uh, what their acquisition cost is. And now as I look back last year and I look at how they played, even when shit was a little rough, it looked different than it does this year. And I think you were right. And a conclusion I've come to is I don't know if the Mavs need just this bona fide second star to win a championship. Um, I really, really, really don't. And I've been looking at the Mavs assets and potential trades and just stuff down the, the, that could potentially come down the line. It's made me more optimistic because I think so many of us believe Luca has to get his second star and the dude has to be like a top 15 dude, has to be another member of the All-NBA team. And I don't think so. I think it, it probably got to be like a top 25, top 30 dude. But I don't think it got to be a top 15 dude. And I don't think, I don't, I don't even, I think maybe you could just do it with like a top 30 dude and a, another top 40 dude, depending on the fit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. You said the West was mid. I don't agree. I know you, you know, talked about the parody of it, and you know that I agree with. And listen, if I didn't get anything right in the off season, that is what I got right. I saw this coming in terms of the records. I knew they'd be tight. That's why when people are saying, "Oh, it's mid," I don't think it's mid. Um. If you look at our record, we're we are beating the East right now. We have a better record, like versus the East. I'm saying we. I just mean the West. Um, the West has a better record than the East. Um, so the West isn't mid per se. It's just that teams are beating each other. Like it's not um anyone can beat anyone on a given night, and this is true in both conferences. But still, anyone can beat anyone on any given night which is why the records are, you know, so close. <laughs> There's no guaranteed wins now. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of, you know, weird, funky wins so far. But a lot of these bottom teams, and yeah, they don't have, you know, many wins. But some of those wins are, like, huge wins <laughs> over teams that you think would be um good. So, you know, I just think it's just that the East has the two best teams, like, especially if we're looking record-wise now in the Bucks and Celtics. So I think that's why you know, people get that perception, but, um, I mean, regardless, I do agree with the, you know, with the notion that it doesn't have to be a super team. The Mavs can't build a super team, one, and two, it doesn't have to be for Luka to compete, and I agree with that. I've been thinking about, um, even if you look at, you know, you talked about those Bucks teams, the Warriors last year, um, even like the Bubble Lakers, I think, there's a common denominator there and that is what the Mavs need which is why I made you know I've been doing those fake trades sometimes I'll be bored <laughs> in class and I'm like oh let me just post one and then I'll you know start paying attention again and let you guys fight my mentions and to argue and whatever 
but there's one and i know there's mixed feelings on this i have mixed feelings before i was like it's a non-starter but now i've been thinking about it um john isaac and hear me out oh oh hey 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 i'm not i'm not throwing shade at you i'm not i i you convinced me and we ain't even talked about this yet but (laughs) please please elaborate because one common denominator in those teams even though you're saying oh historically they're not that great and i agree but they've had a defensive player of the year caliber player i think you need someone that that's like a like if we're talking about not building a super team with a bunch of names in luca mm-hmm. you need to have a defensive player to your caliber play and usually those players like you have the absolute superstar level ones in like that bubble team ad mm-hmm. you know bucks team Giannis. um even i mean draymond how you feel about draymond he's giving you role player production even though you know his name carries more of a he, star but he's he, a role player he he was a uh, dominant he hasn't been. He wasn't the Draymond we know and love no, historically, Bob, but he was. He was year. putting people in prison. He he was giving mm-hmm. everyone from Jokic it, to Jalen Brown Jaylen props. Brown, mm-hmm, exactly. He, he was. Yeah. Exactly. And the the Raptors team we brought up. The Raptors team was a historic defense. I think <laughs> they're still the best playoff defense from a vision standpoint ever. I think still. Exactly. So you know that that's why you know you think it's underrated but yeah their defense was scary so i my just my point is the from those teams you've mentioned recent winners um they've all had a defensive player of the year caliber player on the team <laughs> you know when they won it all mm. who was performing at good capabilities so you look at you know obviously john isaac you know before his injury he was he was in the race i remember that season vividly because i was like this guy is good. <laughs> like that was his breakout season. I was like, oh, he's good. Like I was like, mm. okay. That's when I was like, okay, you have my attention. Um, before that's before his first. Um, no, he had a knee injury. It wasn't an ACL. I don't know what knee injury he. I don't. I don't know what exact knee injury. But I remember it was an e- knee injury that kind of stopped him. Um, but he was in the um defensive player of the year race. It was Giannis, AD, and John Isaac <laughs> early, and I think Miles Turner too. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. But he was there, I remember. Um, and obviously his injuries and then his Fox News tour and, um, you know, just all of that. And he's gearing up to play, I think, soonish. But he's only 25, <laughs> right? And, you know, the Mavs, they've said, what, we've had the best, um, well, one of the best, at least, top three uh, medical team, you know, in terms of medical staff. And if you can just ignore his weirdness, and if, you know, he holds up and obviously progresses, you know, the way he was progressing. And, I mean, his offense was coming along, too. But even if it's not anything crazy, even though he has a little bit of offensive juice, like, if you don't remember, he could, um, he was a very, um, now I'm intrigued to see how his game would um adapt. But he, he wasn't, like, a shooter-shooter, but obviously he could hit the three. He had a like a midi game um he could hit turnarounds um he could do a little bit of everything you know athletic good cutter um catching in if you could develop that especially with the defensive player of the year stuff hey it's a good piece that's that's just my conclusion of it but i understand if you're like a hard no i i get that that's not 
um, I, I, between your concerns and all that. I get it, but I'm just saying, I think if you're looking at the trend, we need to get ahead of it, which is what, another reason I was so fixated on OG. Y'all were, the people are saying, oh, I want to pay two picks for OG. He's not all-star. Stop looking at those, those type of accolades, bro. Look at what he's in the defensive player of the year race right now. You need a guy like that, especially next to Luka. We're going to need a defensive player of the year caliber player, not just good defenders, defensive player of the year caliber. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're going to need that. Yeah, I, uh, I, t- My bad. I, I hit the mute button. Anyway, yeah, I I agree. And not just like Jonathan Isaac, not just uh not just Jonathan Isaac, because I think it's not gonna cost a whole lot to to get him, right? And Yeah, that's that's why he came up because I d I don't think like if you're gonna have a if you're gonna need or want to acquire a defensive player of the year type player if you didn't draft them is gonna be hard. Um that's why I'm like, okay, if you could take a flyer on him, you know, it'll be worth a look. Yeah. And I think your you, your mind is in the right place where well as far as I what I think. Because I think we the it's not gonna just be one move to get the Mavs where they need to be. It's gonna have to be a couple. Exactly. And it's not gonna be just one big trade. It's not going to be, even if it's something crazy, like they went all in and they got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan in one big massive trade and just went all in. You're still going to need to make ancillary trades around it. And I'm not even saying the Mavs would do that. I'm not even saying I would do that. I just, I think a lot of the fan base thinks there's going to be one all-in trade. And I actually don't want that. To me, I would actually go... Because you could give yourself two windows. You can try it with this, the two small trades. You could try it with my theory. Let's go do two top 30, top 40 players that actually fit really good, that have a low acquisition cost. And if that don't work, they're young enough to where you can trade them dudes and then the picks will reset again and you could try again. That's actually what I want them to do. Um, So you brought up, Jonathan Isaac, um, to me, someone that this, this dude been in trade rumors for forever. They ain't gave him an extension yet. So until he signs an extension or gets traded somewhere, I'm still like Miles Turner. You know, I've heard some people say he wanna he would be he would love to come home. You know, when I I do watch his interviews, he's one of the few dudes from Dallas that goes out of his way to say he loves Dallas. So I'm on, you know, he could be lying. You never know how that really be. So, but I actually, something like that. Cause I think is the, the, the further we get along, Indiana is winning. So I do think he wants to get paid. So if they're winning and they can extend him, because I don't, I know he, I don't think he's getting a max. Do you like, you think he's a no, max player? Not. Yeah. Not. So I think, a 20% raise on what he already makes is about the max he's going to get. So if they ain't giving it to him, the longer this season goes on, it feels like they're going to have to shit or get off the pot with him because 
I don't think a small market team wants to be in that spot. And I don't think they want to overpay. I don't think they want to give Miles Turner a max contract to keep him, if that makes sense, because there's going to be a lot of money. And I do think a team is going to offer a lot of money to get him. I think Charlotte might do it just to, if they can get somebody to take, uh, hell, even if they can get somebody to take Hay- Hayward or yeah, Gordon off the off the books. They just might do it because they got that much money. I'm not for sure, but the point I'm trying to get is like, as we get close to the trade deadline, you know, a pending unrestricted free agent that you don't know if you're going to be able to keep. That the value is low. So if the Mavs can get him for low, and then but that got to be something to where the tampering has already happened. So the Mavs, even if the acquisition cost is low. We ain't in a position to burn any assets whatsoever. So if you're going to get him, you got to already have the extension worked out. And you just going, you just know you're going to have Miles Turner for the next three, four years under under team control. And I think he's, what, 26? So he fits the window, you know what I'm saying? To where even if it don't work out, he's still going to have value on the back end of that deal. And, you know, you brought up age with Jonathan Isaac. I'm not trading any assets that are positive for anybody that's old. Like, I think we as a fan base got to stop looking, looking for these old dudes. Unless if somebody giving away, if they giving away Bojan Bogdanovic, okay, cool. They just giving away for nothing or very low cost. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm going to take him. He's 34. That's cool. But like, if we're giving away picks you train other you train the Josh Green, you train the Jaden Hardy. Like, man, it gotta be other young dudes. I don't wanna we're the fifth oldest team in the league. And one of my big fears, the reason why I think it's gonna be a multiple it's gonna be multiple moves, is cause we not on we have to basically upgrade the role players that play heavy minutes into younger, better players because they just gonna age out. Like I, do you? I, in my opinion, I think the Mavs are going to whenever all these moves take place. I don't think it's this year. I don't think it's next year. I think that the team that takes the floor at the start of the uh, 24-25 season, I think that's the team. I think that's their target season to win a championship or to realistically contend. So you you know you you extrapolate that from the dudes we got. I think Maxi might damn near already be breaking down, right? Um, Reggie, I got my worries about him because he's kind of he's he's about to be thirty one. He'll be thirty two going on. He'll be I'm sorry, he'll be thirty three going on thirty four that year. And Dorian's twenty nine. I actually think Dorian's gonna hold up. I, I think Dorian's gonna age well. So I, I think Dorian, if he don't get traded, will still be a very productive player two, three years down the road. But everybody else of of the defensive, of the three and D role players, your Dwight, your Maxi, your Reggie. Yeah, man, I, I don't think them boys gonna still I think they're gonna decline to the point to where they can't contribute. They already having to play over their head right now. And once you add two, three years worth of age, it's it's gonna get nasty. So, I don't know, man. I think I, – I just think the Mavs need to basically re, replenish all the role players. And maybe Josh Green takes Reggie's role. That's low-key kind of happening before our eyes right now. 
maybe not as fast as we wanted to, but I think that's a thing. And um, even with Tim, you know, I guess we can get into his his renaissance, but shoot, Tim about to be 31. I don't think Tim's going to age that bad, but I don't know. You feel comfortable counting on Tim in two years? Tim will not be here in two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will be surprised if he's here in two years. Very surprised. Like I know we talk about him as a as a like a negative asset, and he is um at the moment, but that contract, you know, declined. And if within the next couple of years there's a you know cap spike with his contract declining, you'll be able you'll be able to move him, especially if he's not like god awful. You know what I mean? I mean, he's. I mean, it might get to a but. Like, if he, even if he's god awful, I think with the declining contract, especially in that final year, you can get it to buy out, you know, territory with him. Nah, he, he's up to 37% from three for the year on like 7.6 attempts. Um, That's actually the most attempts of his career tied from his contract year. If he just, if he's just. I don't think it's fair to say to. I mean, what he's done in the last five games, he's turned into Ray Allen these last five games. But if he's just, I don't know, thirty eight percent from three the rest of the year, the whole rest of the year, I don't think it's a negative contract. I actually think it's a slight plus on with his volume of threes. I I don't think it's going to be hard that hard to get off of him this summer. Shit, if he do it to the trade deadline, I don't know. I don't know, SJ. I don't know if it's gonna be that hard to get away from to get it off it. Be. I don't think it will be. And I mean with, with Tim, right? And this is why you're hoping Hardy can be a Tim replacement, right? We all mm-hmm. talked about Hardy being a Brunson replacement. No, Hardy's a Tim replacement. Because yes. when Tim is actually on we're winning right now. Tim turned it up and we started winning. Like he's important to to what we have to do. Yes, he's not perfect, especially that which is why you need those upgrades. Um, because obviously, you know, his defense, our defense has been trending down. Um, I mean it got, you know, slightly better at points, but you know, it's it's trending down because we're we're having to play more offensive minded um, you know, players. But regardless, um Hardy is, you know, we're priming him for Tim's role. And I know a lot of people thought that Hardy could come in and do what Tim is doing, especially when Tim was playing horribly, and I get that. But I, I don't think Hardy has it, and that's fine. He's a rookie. But I don't think Hardy has it in him to have a stretch, um, the stretch that Tim's having right now, to have that kind of stretch. <laughs> I don't think as a rookie, Hardy has that in him. No. So, you know, no, Hardy shouldn't have replaced him. Obviously, starting him had kind of jump-started him. But Hardy is a future, always been a future piece. Um, so let him get his time in the G League um, so that when we do move Tim, we have someone, you know, assume, assuming he's not a piece in a trade. But when we move Tim, Hardy's here um, to, to replace what, you know, we get with Tim. So, I mean, it's I, – I just think um, – I mean, I'm happy for Tim. I I've always liked him, regardless of his, you know, um, frustrating ways. He he got my stamp, man. After that, um, in during the 2021 season, um, when he had that stretch, it, everyone remembers. It was like a month. 
that final yeah. month of the season. Yes, because I said, I said like he was, uh, I said this might have been the best five-game stretch of his career. And low-key, low uh, ironically enough, Skinway jumped in my mentions and was like, no, nah, I don't know. It was this stretch a couple years ago. And I went and I looked, and I was like, you know what? You are right, sir. Dog, it was it was a good month of star production. Yeah, there was forty one pieces, and they needed every single point. There was no looting in a riot. Them them buckets was needed. Them buckets was vital. Exactly, exactly. I remember that. Like I remember that stretch. <laughs> like yeah. I just, he was hot. Like he was. He said it was JJ Reddick talked to him. Remember he was going through a slump. Yep. Yep. He said JJ told him gave him some advice like picture it going in for some something i can't remember but it was like some advice that he always um that he took to heart and like just went on a heater so that's what it's reminding me of and you know i'm happy that he's back but i i do agree with the notion that we need to um like in terms of how we build it, it has to start with um replenishing the role players and that's why I'm on team draft right now. I, I don't remember if I said the last pod, but I would like us to draft a bit more before we do a um a huge trade of picks. Because every draft night, you get, like, access. Like, the rest, rest of the picks open, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I would like us, like, if we draft, that's fine. Because we have another extra, we have a year of picks, <laughs> like, to replace that. So... Picks will be there. <laughs> like as every time draft night comes, picks will be there. I would like us to draft first because that is how you replace some of these role players. Who are we talking about to replace Reggie? Josh. We drafted him. Who are we talking about to replace Tim? Hardy. We drafted him. Like the draft is where you replace see, Denver. Denver could have afforded to trade Monte Morris to Washington to get KCP because they had bones who is going to could replace his production especially knowing that jamal murray's coming back they said okay my starting point guard is back and for backup point guard monte we don't really need you anymore we have bones (laughs) so let's use you to get a piece that we actually need and they they did that that's what i'm saying we that's how you replace role players like we're talking about using role players to get stars and then, okay, we get the stars. Who's going to be left? We don't have any role Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, that's how we have to draft more first. So that's why I'm so upset about how they don't have a pick in this upcoming draft. And this is where you use some of these role players to get picks. So like a Reggie, I'm, like, to me, you, trading Reggie now is stupid. Regardless of if he's not picking it up right now, it's stupid. Um, he's at his lowest, so you don't want to sell when he's at his lowest. And his contract, to me, is much more valuable in the offseason when he's actually expiring. Um, you know, whoever, you know, we're going to probably pick up his option and maybe trade him. Who knows? And by then, you know, this is like he's shooting so badly. He can only go up from here, really. Um, and his he could still play. Yes, he's been getting cooked a little bit more, but he's still a good defender. Right. He he's had his his defense hasn't been as bad as I think it's been made out to be. It's, it hasn't. It hasn't. So that's why I'm like, you can if if it comes to that in the off season, you can move him. Maybe a contender, you know, with with a TP or something. I don't know. You know, stuff changed by this point. A contender may be content with saying, okay, here you can have the 27 pick. <laughs> Give me Reggie. 
Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whoever's at 27 is not making an impact to them winning and they're gearing up for next season. So I believe, and I know this sounds crazy, but you have to think of it like that. Like, right now it sounds crazy to think we can get a first for Reggie. But by the draft time comes around, you're telling me 28. Who was at 28? <laughs> Especially if they didn't win the um, title. Who was at 28? Wouldn't want to... um give up 28 for Reggie, especially if, if at that point he's rebuilt his value a bit, like he actually ends the season, you know, strong. Yeah. Somebody wouldn't ask, give us 28 for that. Especially if it's like, I'll give you an example. Let's say the Warriors win it again. Um, I think Wiseman makes, what, $12 million next year? Mm-hmm. I think they got their pick. If you will, I think they'll do that, man. <laughs> I think they give you something like, Wiseman, they just give up. You give me Reggie. You know Reggie could play in that system. He would fit. And they not. I don't know if Wiseman gonna be ready to contribute to winning. I might be. Wiseman going to San Antonio. I don't know why. You think it's something like that? Yeah, I think the Warriors might get Jacoperto, bro. (sighs) Because even this year, Jacoperto's contract is cheaper than Wiseman's. I think even with this. I think it is. That that would hurt my. That would hurt. Bro, that would hurt my feelings, bro. And then the Spurs have nothing to lose. They're trying to lose anyway. So if uh, and don't they? Don't, do they have, They got. They got the Hawks picks. They got their own mm-hmm. pick. Don't they got some other stuff they could just throw in? Like, even if it's just some seconds, shit, run it. And the straight Spurs, up, run yes, it. I was about to say, Jakob is better than Wiseman. Wiseman just has the allure of being a recent second overall pick. Jakob is better. So the Spurs, I don't think the Spurs. I, th- I don't. I don't. I don't know if. James Wiseman is a top 32. Well, sorry, there's 30 teams in the NBA. I don't know if James Wiseman is a top 30 center in the NBA. I think I it might be, like, as of player. right now, as far as contributing to winning basketball, I don't, he's I don't know. In the G League, and his team is a team that needs centers. So just think about that. <laughs> his team, yeah. you could look at his team and say, center play is the weakness here. And he's in the G League, so that to me that says a lot about who he is. Um, yeah, I, and I, I, I still would. <sighs> yeah, I take twenty eight Wiseman for Reggie. You might even, I give you a, I give you a couple seconds. You give me twenty eight and Wiseman, especially if like Wiseman still looks bad. I would do that. I would yeah. do that. I don't know if the Warriors would do that, but I think. It's going to be that type of trade because I do think they're gonna pack him up. They can't afford to keep being patient with him if he don't show anything by the end of this year. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm kind of just like, listen, um, that might be a thing, but um, I think we can. There's things we can do. Like it might look hopeless at times, especially when um. You know, Cuban, he's doing the most liking stuff, and there's just a lot of conversation coming out about, oh, Luca, oh, the Mavs have a two year window to do this and all that. But, um, this, and I don't buy that at all. I don't think he's asking out on this deal, like, at all. He's like, I have to see it with my own eyes that someone would turn down the money he'd be turning down if he wants to force out on this contract. I think he's gonna get spicy. I think he's gonna start, uh, moving his weight around and i want that's what i want him to listen but i don't think he's just gonna be like i'm out he's not and listen listen how we're gonna get people too people are talking about the big fish baba you need to get your recruiting back bro people are saying especially when you know and i get it it's a little touchy 
but you know it's a touchy conversation so i won't downplay it but if you even suggest that luca spends a little bit of his summer you know in in you know in the states in dallas you know trying to build more relationships you know certain fans get touchy about it because they feel like oh no that's not luca's job is the front office job no we don't need to be naive about it (laughs) at the end of the day you look at all these recent pairings and all that usually how it happens is players are talking to each other <laughs> and they're saying hey i want to go here like Dejounte, you know trey as much as we could talk about how they're gelling all that that was a relationship where they talked about it and they both let their front offices know what they'd like malcolm mm-hmm. brogdon let his front office know what he wants you know where he likes to go like p- players are even though a trade happens some of these times, the players are behind, you know, the facilitations. Like, even lower-level players you're not even thinking about. Like, Josh Richardson came to Dallas. I don't know if people forget. He came here because he said he wanted to come here. Yes, it didn't end well, but he requested Dallas specifically. <laughs> they said his management, I don't, like I said, I don't know if people remember the story, but I remember the story. His management... Didn't, didn't, he, didn't he have the same agent as Luca? Yeah, same agent and Luca. Luca yeah. and his management sat down with Philly, and they both were like, "Yeah, this is you know this year it didn't work." So it was kind of like, "What do you want to do?" They asked him where he wanted to go. He said Dallas, and they said Bet. So that's how that went down. Um, you know, he has the same agent with Luca. He said that looked like a good spot for him for the way he plays and what he thought we needed. Um, and obviously, you know, it didn't work out. But still, that is how things go usually. Um. So and that's if again this is if we're talking about like a huge star pairing with Luca like it it'll it won't just be random I don't think it'll just be random um so he's gonna also need to um if he needs to throw his weight around that's something I would agree to obviously there's a balance between the thing you know with these things and you don't want him to be doing too much like you look in Atlanta. Trey's running around doing whatever he wants. <laughs> um, you have LA, you know, LeBron has done whatever he wants, you know, so there's obviously has to be a balance. Um, but I think as of right now, and it's fine for right now, but um, in the future, I think Luca has to also, you know, I don't even want to say pull his weight, you know, that sounds a little harsher than I intend, but I, it's it's more like he has to step up in terms of also attracting people yeah i agree i, th- I think he's since, especially since his play style is very open to interpretation <laughs> Let's just yeah say that. Max, well, i mean got, yeah you got max Struess talking about it so it's if that open my that interview if you don't know what i'm talking about max Struess was on um some podcast i forgot whose but he was on uh, podcast. was it um matt barnes's no nah, it was some random one yeah he was on a random podcast and they asked him, uh, oh, what did they ask him? They asked him something about Luca, um, for some reason. <laughs> asked about um, Luca if he had. I don't think it was like enough help, but it, the topic was about Luca, and he was saying that um, it would be hard to play. It would be hard to be a teammate of Luca um, because he has the ball all the time, and you know it's hard for guys to get in a rhythm. And we've heard that before. Like you know, people have said it, but I haven't heard it from like a player you know, an active player. He's the first one. Obviously, it's, it's Max Struess. So it's like, okay, um, you know, not trying to be disrespectful, but it's like, okay, it's Max Struess. But still, if role players are, um, you know, saying that and thinking that, role players, 
Uh, ironically be. enough, role players that would benefit very much playing. Exactly. Bro, Max Truce would love it. He's talking shit. Max Truce would love it. But anyway, um, I'm just saying. So his play style is open for interpretation. So I think he has to, um, you know, mitigate some of that. Yeah. And I, I do think, I mean, I said it last year. I'm not about to, I don't care who listens to this and want to get mad about it. Um, I love Luca. Luca, to me, is now top three at the worst, probably number two in the NBA. But if you need to keep a rhythm by dribbling, I don't think it's going to be that easy to play with him. And I don't think he's giving up the ball, no matter who he plays with, um, like that. Uh, the one flaw I think I see with Luca that like Luca will go multiple possessions in a row, especially if he's on a heater, where no one else gets to shoot unless it's a kick out. And I don't like that. But that's the only criticism I would really give him from a like quote unquote ball hogging situation to where like sometimes when he would play with other guys and they would be on a heater, if they were on a heater as far as self-generation, be it Jalen, be it tall man, he usually don't pass it to him. He don't feed them. He don't, hey, y'all, you going to wear the team out until you miss a shot. He want to get his in there too. And that's the one thing I think, something that I've seen where I'd be like, yeah, he actually do do that. With that being said, if you a shooter, oh, he going to spam that B button over and over again. Like Tim Hardaway, the, the, the catch and shoot guys, oh, he going to throw it to you every single time if you are ready to shoot he gonna throw it to you feed you which is so weird that max true said that because like that's kind of what he is so that was weird that was weird coming from him it was very strange i was like okay but still it's still a okay St- it's, still wasn't something that someone said um something that was said exactly side note i do uh as far as it when it comes to tim the reason why i think tim has had his best seasons with luca and this is a trait that I like in players anyway, but I actually think from from a role player, you're going to need it. You need irrational confidence shooters with Luka. Like, you need dudes that think they, well, they're going to shoot it fast and they're going to shoot it with confidence every single time with Luka. And I, I think this I have no evidence for this. But I think Jaden is one of them dudes. I think Jaden's confidence is like super high. Bro, did th- you see his Instagram story? <laughs> no, I didn't. Game? I didn't. I did not. Oh my goodness. He was gloating. He, he loved <laughs> it, bro. He loved He reposted anything that anyone posted. Yeah, he loved it. So he yeah, was loving it. Yeah. Like, I, I think would say he's one of those guys. Like, I did. Uh, I forget. I think my man, Mass Panama, was like, Jaden Hardy is the dude that dead ass thinks he's better than Luca. I believe it and I love it. You need that. To me, every single year there's a team that wins a championship where some fucking random role player, irrational confidence guy, scores 25 in a fucking playoff game. And we joke, we like, y'all got packed up by so-and-so and so-and-so, by J.R. Smith. Shit, Tim Hardaway was doing it to the Clippers. Was dead ass doing it. Exactly. And you need that. 
yo, you got, there's always that random irrational confidence guy on a championship team, on a team that made a deep run that just went nuts. And you like, what the hell, bro? You need that. You need a dude. Cause those dudes don't be scared. It gets you in trouble sometimes. But when the chips is down, they think they good. Shit. They are good. So much of basketball is confidence. And I need that. I need that. I need one of them dudes around Luca at all times that isn't necessarily the best player. Obviously, Tim shit, Tim was the second best player in that Clippers series, and that was the problem because then reality sunk in. But I want one of them dudes on my team. Even if it's not Tim, I like that. I like that energy. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, um, I mean, that's why, I mean, and like I said, it's it's just – it's just an idea because we're convinced that, oh, um, you know, Luca needs a star to win. But there's also a possibility that it doesn't work with a high-end star because of, you know, a lot of reasons that we don't need to get into. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So looking at this model as well, especially with the assets we have, this could be a good, at least a good um, way to buy time at the very least. Yeah, we're yeah. Competing at a high level, even if we don't get over that hump per se. And at that point, we have stuff, you know, we've been drafting, we have the role players, we have something to cash in to get, you know, somebody. I, I look at it like this, and you tell me if I'm crazy. Look at what Portland did. Um, mm-hmm. They've, they, they, did a, they did a real nice soft rebuild. A mm-hmm. real nice, and they, dog, they gave up two firsts for Robert Covington. They gave up, uh, they gave, they traded, they wasted some picks, but they hit on Anthony Simons. What was he second round pick? No, no, no. I think he was he was a first round pick. Um, but he went later. I he think, went late. Okay. Yeah, I think he might have been maybe early twenties, like twenty. I, I don't know what I. No, I uh, Gary Trent was a second round pick. Yeah, Gary bad. was a second round. Pick. I'm tripping. Still, they traded tripping. him for now Norm Powell. I mean, they traded yeah. Norm Powell too. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But they, I mean, they realized they stunk and they went and got, they got some value, right? So the point I'm trying to make is like the Blazers, the shit was looking bleak. We was making fun yeah, of them. Anthony, sorry, Anthony was 24, 24. Yeah, they hit on him. So it just took, they hit on him. They mm-hmm. had gave, they had mismanaged some other assets. They had one bad season where they was like, yeah, this shit ain't working. It's looking bleak. Let's do this little soft reset. Traded, uh, uh, Traded CJ and right right back up there because they not super great. I don't know if they contender, but they got shit. And they got young shit. Exactly. Like uh Shaden Sharp looks like he could be and then he's not even getting it. It's not like he's playing a ton. But you know, he's showing, you know, flashes. And yeah. like, even Justice Winslow is looking yeah. still can't shoot, but is being serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um for them. Josh Hart, really good piece for them. That was uh, people was acting like they gave away CJ for some bum. Josh Hart can play. That's what I'm saying. They're using some of these people that they get, you know, who they give away there. They're um even with the um norm trade, like he said, yeah, they gave away norm, but Justice Winslow is playing for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they got the cap space. That was what that was. They got that's how that's space. how they use that trade exception. That's how they got Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, exactly, exactly. So they did like they did something. Like didn't it, did the GM get fired? And I was just about to say they the did, GM got, got fired, interim. and I think they the new guy start that. He the interim, the interim he, did all that. He didn't get the job, did he? 
Um, I don't know. That's that's one thing I didn't follow up on. If if they I made him permanent, but he I was interim. He was an interim. He and I was, he, he I was set them up. Oh, he I was set talking them up. mess. I was talking like when it all happened in the moment with the trades. I yeah. was saying, "Damn, the interim is doing a horrible job." Like I was, you know. But obviously, hindsight, you know, we look back on it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, and that's why I say I think the Mavs ain't that far away. Obviously, there's no, I don't know, I don't know if Josh, I don't know if Josh can be Anthony Simons, but shit, Jade might be able to be. I don't know, you know. Yeah. We'll see. And not Josh, but Jaden, yeah. Yeah, but and the Josh thing, is gonna be a higher role player, I feel like. So. Yeah, man, I, SJ, I don't know. He made that floater last game. I know it was his only two points. But he made it with confidence, and I was like, "Okay." I don't know. I have to see what, more from what, his scoring appetite. What, what we do? He's attempting and making shots that I didn't even think he could. Like it don't look crazy. It don't look like it was luck. It didn't look like bullshit when he shot it. He's he still some stuff he got to clean up, but I still think he is going to be a role player. But I, you know, I'm not part of the Josh Hive. You, I think I don't think you are either. You just recognize he's a young player with talent. I was trying to pack his ass up, but I'm not someone that gasses him up. But like, there's stuff there, SJ. He was working on his game this summer. Oh, he was. He was. Like, you see it. You see it tangibly. Um, you really do. So, I, I, I just to go from what is he averaging? Six, seven points a game to 15, 16, seven anymore now. I don't know if I see all that, but shit, he could be Josh Hart. Shit, you know. But um, anyway, we got Milwaukee. Oh shit! I gotta get on the highway. Oh boy, let's talk about that. I gotta take my sons to my mom's house, so I should be home before the Milwaukee game start. We got a late one. It start late tonight, don't it? Yeah, ten p.m. here, so nine p.m. for you. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I uh, I think Tim Tim gonna continue his heater for a little bit. When he fall off, he gonna fall off. But I think Tim got one more inning. I'm hoping it's tonight. And uh you better be. We got a tough back to back. I wanna split at least here. I wanna win both, obviously, but they win both and I'm lying to myself. Oh yeah. To we... be honest, if they just beat Milwaukee and lose Chicago, I'm probably gonna start lying to myself. I've low key already started, just to keep it real with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not lying, but I'm like I'm paying attention. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause it just it's funny because basically they just start making threes and you can tell when they make threes, they play better defense, but I'm cool with it. Just the, the West is not going to run away from us. So just get, don't be in the damn 10th, 11th seed. Stay around that six, seven, five, six, five, stay in that area. And I lied to myself because you might be able to make a, a decent trade. Yeah. And, and even if it's not the big trade, I think you could turn Christian Wood and some other shit into a a, a long term piece. You could do that. Yeah, I think so too. So, I'm excited. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest? Yeah, we'll wrap it up this week. I think we had an hour even, and that'll be good. So, yeah, man. Um, thank y'all for listening. Go Mavs. We we out the doldrums. Shit was looking bleak. Shit was looking spooky there for for a minute, but it's it's a beautiful thing to win. I pray, I hope, and I pray they keep it going because 
man, it is so good when these boys win. So I hope, hopefully they keep it up. Um, and I guess this is our, our sign out. Thank y'all for listening. We will holler at y'all next week. Um, that's all I got. Peace. Hey, what up, y'all? Uh, this is Dwight. I'm running so long this joint because it's 12, 14 uh, at night. So it's like a 1.15 in New York. So I stayed on went to sleep. And we had no plans of doing a post-game reaction bot. So I'm just taking this shit in uh, on the end of the normal bot solo. Because this shit was, like, we just lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. And dead ass, this was one of the, like, I seriously felt like someone punched me in my fucking stomach. Like, my stomach legitimately hurts right now. And I hadn't posted the pod yet for the week, so I was like, I'm going to get this shit off. I got to get this shit off my chest. I'm in in my fucking office talking to myself because I've never seen any shit like this before. Um, it's like just when you start to get some hope with this team, just when you want to start lying to yourself, they say, hold on, bro. Hold on, my guy. We're going to do some shit. We're going to lose in a way that's so embarrassing that we want to make sure y'all don't get no crazy ideas that we actually might be some fucking good. That's how this loss feels tonight. Um, I just, I've never... Fam, I, unless you have a team where, like, you got Giannis or Shaq or you got some dude that's, like, a high-usage, high-volume player that's bad at free throws, I've never seen a team shoot poorly from the free throw line like the Mavs do. Um, You know, it, it, it's just really, really, really crazy. I just don't know how to explain it. This is like some pissing down your leg type stuff. And, you know, we we got popped. We lost by one point. It was a good game. They did so many things right. They did so many things right in this game. Um, You know, Giannis ended up having a very good game, ended up having a very good second half. But in my opinion, they still played really, really good defense against them. Um, Offensively, you know, Luka is Luka. Um, I felt like got a little bit of help, but those damn those though that Spencer Dinwiddie Christian Wood uh lineup with Luke off the floor and Josh off the floor is just kind of rough because bro Spencer cannot make a he can when when Wood flashes open with a small on him to where Luca makes that pass every time and Wood would catch that and then probably score with like maybe one power dribble, one gather. But Spencer misses that pass. He just don't see it or he just don't feel confident he can make it. He just don't make it. And you see Wood getting visibly frustrated because he's like, bro, you, you fucking me off easy points. You're tricking off easy points. And then they do get the ball to Wood. But once that happens, it's after the defense is set and Wood basically is it's making Wood's job harder. And he's still productive. He's still making it a lot of shots. You know, when that 
switch happens and he's, you know, at the basket, able to post up on the guard. But it would just be so much easier if he was just getting a quick dunking and seal over the shoulder. He wouldn't be having to power dribble back down, back down, and give the other team a, a chance to double him. He's still not a great uh, – he's better – than he's getting better. He's getting better chemistry passing out of double teams. But if fucking Spencer would just make a better pass to him when they're on the court together, we wouldn't even be arguing about free throws. And – it's just, it's really nasty. I, I really, I don't even know what to say. And this isn't even coherent because I'm tired. I've been up since six o'clock this morning, but I, I just, this is so bad. This just feel like somebody punched me in my shit. This is such a bad loss. Um, I'm trying to think of positives right now. And the only ones I can really think of is, Luca and Spencer decided to dunk on some of the best shot blockers in the NBA. That shit was great. That's what and that that shit was great. Luca punched on Drew Holiday like he sized them up, punched on him on a fast break. Spencer dunked on. Um, he caught Brook Lopez slipping. Shit, I forget it. I don't know if he caught him. I don't know if he caught Brook on both of them. I know he caught Brook on one of them, and that shit was great. Um, and there were, there was a lot of good. I'm being emotional about it. I'm in my feelings. They, they did some good things, but man, I just can't believe they tricked that game off at the end. I really can't. Um, it, it's funny when you guys listen to this, y'all gonna hear how I was like advocating why I like Tim because Tim is an irrational confidence dude. Because, you know, Tim going to jack up them shots, whether he's hot, cold, or whatever, because he thinks he's good. But, fam, I don't think you can be an irrational confidence guy if you pissing down your leg with the money on the line. And he's now done Like, bro, he missed five clutch free throws in a row. That is insane. Over two games, he missed the three in a row tonight. The worst free, free throw shooters in the world it's hard for any NBA player, no matter what their percentage is, to miss three in a row. And Buddy missed three in a row tonight, and then the two, uh, you know, three nights ago. And I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Like, this, we, we needed this win. We need every win. We've tricked off so many games. And, you know, not all hope is lost because the, the West is – there's so much parity in the West – I think we three and a half, maybe four back from home court right now or shit. No, the number one seed, I'm tripping. But we got to get it together because these are, we got to start stacking some wins up because it's so compact. We got a chance to, to get it together, but if they going to keep doing shit like this, we can be a playing team or worse. It's like all options are still on the table. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm about to wrap this shit up because, frankly, yeah, we we just it's just me whining at this point. Being mad, my team is mid, so we got a schedule loss tomorrow all the way to Chicago. Um, I really hope they show some shame and compete or even win that game. I do think we gonna maybe see Kimba tomorrow because, you know, I think this is our 
what? Now it's not third game in four nights. We had two days off, so I don't know. We should be straight, but I know Chicago hasn't played since like Wednesday, so they have a lot of rest. They have a very distinct rest advantage, and um, I think that game starts at like six or seven. I think the game starts at six tomorrow, actually. Uh, either way it goes, this game started at nine o'clock and tomorrow local time, central time. And that game basically starts less than 24 hours later. We got to get on the plane and fly Chicago tonight. So the boys probably ain't even left Dallas yet. They might get to get to Chicago at like three in the morning. So it's going to be a rough one. I hope they have some shame. Maybe we see some, uh, maybe we see some, uh, uh, Kimball Walker minutes tomorrow. I think they're going to give him a shot. I think that'd be a decent matchup for him. But, yeah, man, it's just we took the L. Hopefully you rebound against Chicago. And, uh, yeah, this shit stinks. But we'll see, man. Go Mavs. Hopefully we have some shame. I'll holler at y'all. Peace.